Welcome to Podcast 333, The Positive Electric. My name is Star, and I'll be your host. My name is Melvin, and I'll be your co-host. We encourage you to tune in as we converse with doers, dreamers, thinkers, believers, creators, innovators, and life workers. Brilliant minds sharing views, ideas, and opinions, raising global consciousness to empower ourselves and each other. To live at our collective highest potential. And I'm here with Hector Adensivia, author of Letters from Wanderlust. Now we're going to have Star interview Hector and ask him a few questions about his story because I believe that Hector has an amazing story to tell in regards to his book and how his book came about. So Star? Um, first I'd like to say this book for me is a spiritual reference guide in my creative process and that's why I was so excited to have him on this show and interview him because I feel like this book can really help people not only in their spiritual journey but in their daily lives especially if they're creators and the types of people that are going to be on this podcast. So without further ado I'm going to go ahead and open up with the first question. Hector are you ready? I'm ready. Awesome. Yes. Thank you. In your book Letters from Wonderless, you travel the world on one-way tickets. Tell us exactly where you were and what you were doing when you made the decision to sell off all of your personal belongings and take this spiritual journey. This experience was catalyzed by an abrupt core shaking spiritual awakening. Prior to me setting out and seeing the world, I was uh, abusing drugs and alcohol. I was uh, suicidal. I really was caught up in a lifestyle that was completely unfulfilling and it was deteriorating my mental state. I had a lot of anxiety. I had panic attacks and what have you. And one morning I woke up it was uh, December 26, 2011, I'll never forget it. I had this sudden urge to look at myself in the mirror and it was just an, a feeling that I cannot really put into words and that's hard to do. You know, it's hard for some, someone like me who's, who loves using words to describe an experience, but it was just an indescribable urge to go look at myself in the mirror. And when I do, I, I look at my reflection and I see that my face was transformed. It looked like it was injured like I had been in a, an accident of sorts. And immediately I realized what was happening to me. I was receiving a vision of the future. And that vision was clear in telling me that if I continued down the path of abusing drugs and alcohol, that that is exactly what I would look like. And even worse, like that is what something I could bring upon somebody else. Because I used to drive drunk. I used to like just be really reckless with my uh, drinking and driving. So. From that moment, I knew I needed to act. And prior to that, I didn't really have a lot of spiritual spiritual background. You know, I grew up in a pseudo-Catholic family. But we were I never did my communion. Like my parents were just not really spiritual people. So the only thing I knew to do at that specific moment was go to my grandfather's gravesite, which he passed when I was four years old, but I always just felt a strong connection to him. So I drove to his gravesite and I asked him to help me. I sat next to his grave and I said, just bring me light, help me get out of this abusive relationship with drugs and alcohol. And I promise to you that I will no longer do this because I couldn't make the promise to myself. You know, I really needed to make a commitment to somebody else and say, hey, like I promise to you that I won't do this anymore. So I did that. And then the following day, I had a trip to Vienna, Austria. Uh, I was going to Vienna, I was going to Budapest, I was going to Berlin in Prague. When I arrived at Vienna, all of a sudden I just had like this overwhelming sensation of love in my heart. And oh, just like, wow, like the world is just the most beautiful thing ever. Like I would look at people and I would just see them for more, like the souls that they are. And I just was enamored with everything. 
I had completely forgotten what I had done the day before by asking my grandfather for night, which he was clearly like just giving, you know, bringing it to me. So I spent those three weeks in the most amazing like ecstasy that you could, that a human could feel. And I didn't realize what was happening to me at the moment. I thought that that sensation of ecstasy and happiness was being brought to me, you know, by, by my travels. So, of course, when the trip was coming to an end, I realized, like, I'm like, oh shit, like, this feeling is gonna go away. Like, I don't want it to go away. I wanna continue traveling. I wanna keep this feeling going. So, while I was already there, I was already kinda like conjuring up a trip around the world on one-way tickets. Like, I was just kinda like thinking about it. So, when I get back to Miami, I, realized that the feeling that I was having was it wasn't going away like this feeling of, of ecstasy and of joy and of awakening it wasn't going away all of a sudden I was drawn to read a lot of spiritual books and in reading one of them which is the power of now of Eckhart Tolle by Eckhart Tolle, Tolle he describes his spiritual awakening and he described exactly what I was going through which was just a sudden abrupt core shaking experience that all of a sudden like the world is brand new and that's exactly what I was feeling. So then all of a sudden I made the correlation between what I had asked my grandfather for, what I was experiencing, and this trip I was already planning to go around the world on one-way tickets. So while I was reading all these spiritual books and I was in Miami, I was basically already planning the trip around the world on one-way tickets. So I started selling my clothes, I gave up my apartment, my car, I remember sleeping in an air mattress in an empty apartment for two or three months while the process was like, while I was really releasing everything. And the beautiful thing about all that is I didn't even realize what I was doing, but I was purging myself of, like physically doing a purge of attachments, which was symbolic of the journey I was just about to take. Wow. That alone is so inspiring just to hear the fact that you were able, you went through that and that you actually went through it because here we are, 2017. How do you feel about that and those events today? I feel it was destiny. Like now that I look back at everything, it was just, I feel like this is my calling. This is my life purpose. I, I totally agree with that. I think this is so you and, and very an inspiring thing, not just because you've accomplished it and here you are telling the story, but for other people that are also in that purging process that are in that process of like I need to rid myself from this I need to straighten this out and I think that nowadays we're going through such difficult times that more and more people are feeling that way which leads me to the next question tell us about some common myths and misconceptions about actually going through with what you went through and saying okay I'm making this decision I'm selling all my things and I'm leaving this place for the greater good of my being I think the biggest misconception is that, you know, one can't do it. You know, we live in a very unenlightened society. So if you tell, you know, a regular member of our culture that you're going to do this, they're going to think you're crazy. They won't understand the spiritual components of it or the bigger picture because, you know, we're told that, you know, you have to have a job. You've got to do this. You've got to earn this. You've got to do that. And that's fine. Like, there's nothing against that. But there are some of us who are just... That's not we, what we came to this planet to do. Like We have a different mission. So I would say to just really turn to faith. Believe in yourself and believe in a higher power. And those two faiths will really guide you through the process. The most important thing is I think is just have belief in yourself and belief in your path. And 
And once you do that, like there's nobody that can really stop you. Would you say that this for you is a beginning of a spiritual transformation as far as your message, not only for your personal well-being, but a spiritual transformation for you to demonstrate to other people this path and its possibility? Absolutely. I think what you went through is a lot like what Buddha went through. I don't know if you've read stories about yeah. Buddha, but he wanted to know, he wanted to, real, he wanted to find the answer to suffering, mm -hmm. and he just gave everything up, the palace his son, his wife, mm -hmm. and just picked up and left with nothing, mm -hmm. you know, just his clothes. That, that is pretty much what he did. Yeah, and reminded me of that, of, you know, Little Buddha. Have you seen that movie? I have not, no, but I've read the story. I've read Buddha's story. Watch that it's movie. What, that was one of the books I was actually reading throughout the process as well, and I was just like, yeah. it all started to make sense, you know what I mean? Like, I was just like, oh, shit, like, this is, I'm doing this physically, but there's also a, a spiritual component to this as well. I remember when you told me about your grandfather, that part that you got to that place and you were like, this is the light, this is the answer. And I just think that that's like a whole culmination of like people go through that, but sometimes because life is happening or like your job is happening, you're more, you know, you're more, it's more likely that you will be like, Mm, I can't do that. Yeah, or, you might miss the opportunity. Yeah, and the because of because mundane or worldly yeah. things that you're you have like so many attachments that you don't even know are there until you decide to do what you did. What is the number one reason that you feel people fail in their journey to finding balance and peace? Would you say that it's because they're conditioned on a lifestyle and it's hard to break free, or would you say mostly it's emotional attachments or failure to be able to determine like okay this is my calling because it came to you in such a huge way like you obviously said well i'm abusing drugs and alcohol that's a big thing you looked in the mirror but some people don't go through that some people they get the message a different way so would you say that like what would you say is the number one reason that people fail at trying to find that inner peace or like i think that they fail to understand that it's also a practice like it's not like you reach enlightenment and all of a sudden it's like that's it you're gonna have peace in your life and it doesn't work that way because we do live on earth and earth is a crazy place i think that the idea of wanting to attain a specific peaceful moment is not a, a real one i think what you, we have to do is just practice our inner peace and know that accept ourselves even when we're going through some shit and you're you know you're gonna get angry and you're gonna get upset about things you're gonna be sad and just knowing how to process the emotions versus not having them because we're humans so we're going to have all of these emotions so it's like acting and reacting you have to just decide which way it's yeah so you hard. have to pick you know you have to just pick you know okay i'm upset right now um am i going to choose to continue to be upset or am i going to hold back and not be upset just observe the situation but that requires practice continuous practice like it's it's never ends so it is a day-to-day -day thing, moment to moment, second by second. Keeps you present. It keeps you in the now all the time in yes. order to continue. Um, off the top of your head, do you remember anyone not supporting you on this journey and how you dealt with them? And where are they now? You know, one of the things I say is that I never focus on what anything anybody had to say about what I'm doing in a negative manner. And I think that's important to know for anybody who's pursuing a dream because there's so many people who don't understand what you're going through. They don't know the passion or the fire that lives inside of you. They have no idea. So the only thing that they can do is, you know, come to you with whatever limited vision they may have of the world. And it's just important to note that you can't focus on that. You have to focus on 
your dream, your vision on people who have actually achieved what it is that you have achieved or want to achieve and move forward. Like, I have no recollection of anybody ever saying anything negative because I just didn't pay attention to them. And that is some of the material I have written in the book is just don't focus on that. Did you ever picture yourself on this path when you were younger? And I mean like teenage, did you ever feel that you could remember? Because sometimes I go through this, I'm like, this is like a deja vu. I'm thinking about this. I already did this or, you know, but this is huge. But obviously, like, is there any collection that you feel like maybe when you were younger? you? Yeah, that's, that's actually an awesome question. I like that because you know what? If we turn to our childhood, most chances are we're going to find our passions in our childhood. And that's actually something that I've written about. It's not in this book, but it's something that I'm working on. And one of the things that I did as a child was I would always collect maps. I would have maps of the world and I would always pinpoint certain things. I would collect flags of different countries and I was always enamored with world travel. I didn't know why, like I just, oh, I had a, a giant like globe hanging from my room, like on the ceiling, on the lamp. So there were hints in my childhood as far as like what I would be doing with my life, but I never imagined it that it would be at this level, yeah. of course. So tell us what a day in the life of Hector Jesus Arencibia consists of. This is like a surprise question. Oh my God. Okay. So, so you wake it, up in the morning and then... I wake up in the morning. The first thing I do is I... Start feeling like P. Diddy right away. <laughs> Just kidding. No, 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 no. <laughs> the first thing I do is, honestly, I have been practicing gratitude. And the first thing I do is I, I feel my bed. I'm still in my bed. So I, I'm thankful for being safe in my bed. I'm thankful for the comfort of my bed. Um, I'm a really strong proponent of gratitude. I think that once we express gratitude, even for the most minute of things, the universe just you know, brings positive things into our lives. So that's the first thing I do is just I'm thankful for my bed. It sounds silly, but... No, not at all. Think about it. Like, tomorrow morning, when any, anybody here that's listening to this wakes up, do that. Like, just feel your bed. Feel how awesome it feels when you wake up. It's just an amazing feeling. You're rested. Like, it is a perfect moment to take advantage and say, and be grateful for that. Of course. Um, after that, I'll have my green juice. I'll have some coffee. I'll go on social media. I'll post. I'll catch up with emails. I'll write. You know, the body is our vehicle, and we have to... You know, cherish it and take care of it. So I do exercise six days a week, sometimes twice a day. Like I'll go running and stuff. But you know, it's just <laughs> looking at me like, <laughs> like yeah, like I'm crazy. But yeah, I do do that. Um, you know, just just conscious of my thoughts, of what I'm eating, of my consumption. I think also another thing is that we have to become aware. You know, consumers that are aware of you know our purchases and how they line up with. You know, our own personal belief systems like for me and this is just for me it works for me it's just that I don't eat animals and I'm very conscious that you know the idea of eating animals goes against the very grain of you know the spiritual message that I'm sharing with people which is of love and peace and what have you and I feel that you know there is a correlation between humans and animals and that we should really limit the suffering of them so I'm just Conscious, just my days are really spent being just conscious of a lot. Living present, mostly living in the now. Exactly. And it's funny, you mentioned Eckhart Tolle. I read that book, and I remember I read it like a million times. And I read it the first time when I was 28 years old. It was given to me by my friend, Paul Anastasio. And I remember reading it and just 
I had little S's and I would tell you to pause in between uh, passages so that you can reflect. And I remember just being so blown away by it. And when you started saying your story at the beginning of this interview, before you even mentioned him, I automatically thought about it also because it's so similar. And the fact that, you know, you have to be present in order to be, you know, to feel grateful, to even like take the next step and that, that type of thing. Absolutely. Um, so tell us a little bit about what you're planning in the next few weeks, the months, next, you know, anything that you're working on that we should know about besides, of course, you can pick up the book of Books and Books, which is awesome. Yeah, Books and Books in Coral Gables here in uh, Miami. Also, if you have an iPhone, it's on iBooks uh, and then on Amazon as well. But for the next couple of weeks, you know, I have literally just been going with the flow. I wake up and I'm just like, okay, universe, what is going to happen today? And there's amazing things that are in the, in the pipeline. I really can't share it yet because it's, I don't have signed contracts or... Of course. I know they're going to happen. Um, they're huge. However, just uh, that's how I, I'm living my life right now. Just day to day, in the flow, not much planned. Um, I am going to Tulum, Mexico in two weeks. Travels, more travels. More travels, absolutely. I think that Tulum is a, is a vortex. I, mean, I think you mentioned that in one of your posts that it was a vortex yeah, or something. Yeah, it's definitely a vortex of peace and of healing energy. Um, I do believe that there are certain spots on the earth that just give out a certain vibration, a certain energy. Like certain the lines? Exactly, exactly. So Tulum is definitely one of those places that I love to go back to and just take in that energy and that peace from the land. If there would be one piece of advice that you could give a person in search of or like in the pursuit of like a goal or like a far-fetched dream or like someone else that maybe wants to travel the world on one-way tickets, what one piece of advice that you feel that they're going to use on their journey to discovering or reaching this goal? To have faith that whatever it is that you're experiencing is what you're supposed to be going through. Because... There's, and this is probably going to lead back to your other question about like certain misconceptions, and I'm glad that you asked me this now. It's just that I think sometimes people think that you know when you're on a spiritual process that everything is going to be you know fine and dandy, happy and positive, and what have you. And it's like no, we're going to meet resistance at some point in time, and I think it's important to see that resistance or that struggle or that adversity as a blessing in disguise, and to really hold on to your faith and just be like okay. This is what I'm supposed to be going through right now, and I'm just going to ride it out and continue to hold on to your dream. Because, for example, for me, I had shopped this book around to numerous, numerous literary agents, numerous publishing houses, and I was rejected by all of them. And I saw that as an opportunity to really step into my power and be like, you know what? I don't need these literary agents. I don't need these publishing houses. I can do this myself. And what I gained from that rejection or that adversity was just more self-empowerment. So we talked about what you went through before you just got rid of everything and left and just kept on traveling. What I want to know is, what's in the book? What does the book consist of? What are the letters of Wanderlust? The letters are all experiences that I had. So part of what I knew before I set off on this journey was, you know what, this is a spiritual experience that I'm going to have. And I'm just going to let the universe show me what it needs to show me. So I start traveling around the world and I start learning the most beautiful lessons, which is number one, like when I was in Australia, 
I had no access to cash. All my credit cards were frozen. And this was the first time, and I don't know how long that I actually didn't have funds. Like I, I, I was always so self-sufficient, self-providing. You know, I had like this inflated ego of self. Like this, you know, I, I, nobody take care of me. I can take care of myself. But for the first time, I had no money. I had to ask for help. Like I didn't really understand the power of uh, humility and vulnerability. So there's a bunch of lessons like that. I don't want to give the whole book away, but the letters are pretty much these beautiful life lessons that can be applied to our day-to-day lives. There's also some funny things that happen as well. Uh, there's a little bit of everything. It's basically, if when I think about it, I'm like, gosh, I went around the world on one-way tickets on a spiritual journey. So what you receive from the book is just all these lessons from the world over. And that's, it's pretty vast in that sense. So it's letters from people or letters that you wrote yourself? It's uh, letters that I wrote myself. To yourself? Correct. Well, You're like talking to yourself? It's, I'm telling the story. I think, but I'm sorry to interrupt you. I think that what he's doing in the book is he's documenting his journey. Like, oh, okay. he's, he's documenting it for what I feel is the purpose why we're on earth is to document our evolution. Like, I experienced this, I went through this, I'm here now, I think this way, and so that's what this like is. A chronicle. It is. It's yes. basically it's my diary of what I was experiencing throughout that trip. And let me ask you. Since it is a spiritual journey you were going through, were you meditating? I was not. I was not. Do you meditate now? I do. I do. How often? On a daily basis. And it, it's not like the, I'm not a very conventional meditator. Like I do, like I can be here right now and I'll just be like, you know what? Like I'm, I feel like my little frazzled. So I'll just like, I'll come back down and I'll look because I'll stare at my fingers. I'll just really come back into the present moment. And I do that everywhere. So I do, I'm just aware on a daily basis and I just I do it everywhere like I'll be at Publix in the line and so instead of you know if it's like a crazy line instead of being reactive to that I'm just like you know what no like let me just go into myself and be at peace and it doesn't you know whether I'm at peace or whether I'm frustrated that the line is taking long it's the same thing so I'd rather choose the emotion that is more of a just feels better to me cool so there's not any form of meditation that you practice uh, no, there's not a specific form. I'm just uh, aware. Like I, I'll do, you know, I'll go on YouTube sometimes and I'll do like guided meditations and things like that. But for me, what has worked is just constantly being aware of my thoughts and being present. It's a lot of work at first. Like you might be like, oh my god, like this is this is crazy. Like I have to be aware of every single thought. But the benefits from doing that work outweigh whatever type of you know. Yeah, and that, in a sense, is a, it's another form of meditation. Yeah. Just being aware that, of the fact that you need to be present yeah. at all times is a form of meditation. I think Buddhists talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, of always being aware, you know, that you can meditate while you're awake and with your eyes open. You don't need to close your eyes. Yeah. I don't think there's a way to do it. Like, um, last night I was at a sound healing session, and a lady asked that question. She said how do you meditate like what are the instructions i'm like there's no instructions i mean in reality it's how you do it and i don't think there's a right way or a wrong way or like oh you have to clear your mind and be zen well some people are not that way some people have to find a different way to find that peace and it's all about just creating the schedule to be like okay i need to come down i need to find my center i need to fluff off the axis for you know the next 10 minutes or i'm really edgy and it's the process of you coming back to like this is the present moment it doesn't matter what's going on here are the thoughts there they go and just that's hard well you answered my question that's awesome thank you you know something i wanted to know is how you two met each other 
what we met through his sister and we didn't really meet we just became friends and then we met that day at the starbucks right yeah, we, we met on social media. On social media. And I that, was already on the journey. Right, yeah. and then and then that day, we you know, we actually met in person after you came back, and you came with a book. With, with, with a little black book. With a black book, with a, with a journal. Yeah. With a journal, that's how we met. We met at the Starbucks for the first time, but I saw his update on Facebook. His sister had been talking to me about him and how awesome he was, and I had found him on social media and followed him, and I was like, this guy is so creative, like, this guy has a gift. And then one day, I just saw it on the feed. Tomorrow, I'll be I'll be packing all my things, and there's this long thing, and I was like, this guy's leaving. This guy's <laughs> traveling the world on one way tickets. He's doing it. And I just messaged him like a psycho. I didn't even have met him or nothing. I never had met him. And I said, hi, I'm not crazy, but I think what you're doing is phenomenal. Kick ass. And when you get back, we're going to meet. And we did. And here we are. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, <laughs> That's pretty I'm cool. I'm glad I met him now. He's awesome. Because I feel your energy and, like, you're vibrating higher. At a higher frequency than most people. Yes. And I can feel that. Thank you. That's awesome that you, you recognize that. Thank you. I think that um, this is where humanity is going. Yeah. We I, have to definitely raise our vibrations. And for me, I take it very seriously. Like, I understand that this is my soul's mission on this earth like the book is part of it but it's also just being responsible for my my own my energy and being the embodiment of also the message of the book but part of what i feel like i have to share with people is that we are responsible for what we give out to the world and the beautiful thing is that the more you practice holding a certain frequency the easier life becomes mm -hmm. it really becomes a magical experience so you know the question I always say is like if people get to that certain point of awareness and you there's you can't turn there's no turning back right. because you're like shit like this is I do I I I, I do this let's just say I, I you know I maintain a specific vibration yeah and in essence of keep staying in this vibration that just the universe responds and it does it it does it with whether you're conscious of it or not because I think for the most part humanity is unconscious of their vibration. And they're just sending out like mixed signals, so that's why there's so much crazy shit that's going on in the planet. But I do feel that we're here to shift that and to help others shift their energy. In essence, the whole, pretty much the whole world. I well, definitely like, I really feel, feel like like I people. Too, yeah, I think that people need more of. It's okay. Follow the journey. It's okay. Quit the job. It's not going to be easy. But is life easy? No, so I mean, if you have that passion and it's what you want to do, it's more about like, how can I get there? And it all begins with that quieting the mind, saying, This is a pen, here's a book, this is my real life. Is this going to matter in 10 years? Mm -hmm. Is this going to matter in 10 years? And, it, right. and I think when you weigh it out, 10 years. Is this matter matter next year, I know. Yeah. I was just, I mean, Six he's months. a perfect example. I mean, <laughs> yeah. 2012, I mean, let's open a book, June 17, 2012. I've exercised all of the demons from my past, the monsters that are lurked in the shadow of my soul who were hell bent on dragging me down. That was June 17, 2012. Here we are, 2017. It has not been 10 years. Look at his life. So, I mean, it wasn't easy. He just told you he stayed without any funds in Australia for the first time ever. I don't think you mentioned what it was you did before. I was working in real estate and it allowed for me to, I was just caught up in a very materialistic lifestyle. And, you know, I'm not against material things. I think that we do need them to create and to live comfortably on the earth. But I think that for the most part, our society teaches us to focus too much on the material. 
And that is exactly where I was at. I was working in real estate. I was making a lot of money and I was just consuming goods and drugs and alcohol and just driving a nice car and just really got caught up in that whole egoic notion that is fed by society. And especially in Miami, you know, I was working in yeah. Miami real estate. So. Everybody's about that here. Yeah. And I think that, you know, again, there's nothing wrong with certain material things, but I think that the where I was focused on was just solely in that material gain and making more money and that real estate hustle. So yeah, I was doing that. I was a realtor. I'm I still, you know, I have a real estate license now. I just Are you still practicing real estate? No. Here and there, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't I don't say no to like when things land on my lap, <laughs> they, they, which they do, which is a funny thing, is I do, I do take them, you know. I do you just go with the flow. I go with the flow, yeah. Which is still the message, to yeah. go with the flow. Yeah. At the end of the day, it comes back to the thing, all, same all, thing. One of the things that I do take seriously is also just being the embodiment of what I write. I think it's important, like I don't, if I share something, you know, I'm very conscious of how I share my information. Whatever it is that I share, I make sure that I embody it. I don't want to have, you know, sit, you know, write something and then you talk to me as a person and it's like, well, that's not who you are as a, a writer or online or whatever. It's like, no, I'm very much about being, just being truthful and honest with what, who I am. Keeping it real, like real talk. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Real talk. Hashtag real talk. <laughs> You're funny. A lot of people could relate to being, having a problem with drugs and being stuck at their job. You know, and being stuck in a hamster wheel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You wake up, you shower, or you just go straight to work. You come back, you do yeah. whatever. Maybe you have two, three hours to yourself, and you go to sleep, and you do it all over again, yeah. over and over and over. It's like being in Groundhog's Day. Yeah. You know, and at some point, you look at yourself in the mirror, and you say, "What the fuck am I doing yeah. with my life?" You know? That's great. That's so funny. That's, yeah. probably that's exactly what, what happened. I think that's what I wrote. Actually, that's why I'm freaking out right now. I'm pretty sure that's what I wrote. And <gasps> really? What am I doing with my life? That's crazy. That's awesome. And it doesn't, matter, right doesn't yeah. matter that you got the job, the car, and the money. Something's doesn't. wrong. Something feels broken. And you just need to make a change. And that's... That's really where it started, I think, for you when you realized that you needed to make that change. Is that what you wrote? Read it. Word verbatim. As I stood there, something I can't explain came over me. While staring at my sad visage, I said to my reflection, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Wow. <laughs> that's freaking awesome. <laughs> that, whoa. There you go. Oh, that's so crazy. That's, that, that's how you know that that's what people... That's exactly what people ask themselves because it's, it's not going to be a coincidence that it's, it's true. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, you're, you're on point. Like, it's just, you do wake up and you're just like, the fuck? You're like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this with my life. I don't. This is not what I want the rest of my life to and look like. The thing like. is that there's no manual. Like, society doesn't tell no. you, you know, like, uh, this no is way. This, you can also do this. No. no, it's just society it's tells you the opposite. Oh, it. what are you doing? Work. Society you tells you, you yes, it tells you the opposite. Buy you house. have to conform. Get your loans. Get your shit in order. That's it. That's you know. Buy, 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 and consume, 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 and so yeah, bro. It's just I love that. I love that you guys are offering us, you know, another avenue for people to you know be inspired. Like it's really cool. Okay, so this is gonna wrap up our interview. I want you guys to make sure you follow Hector on social media. You can find him on Facebook, Hector Jesus Arencivia. 
Also on Instagram, Letters from Wonderlust. Reach out to him. You can buy his book on Amazon. It's also available at Books and Books. Also Walmart.com now. Surprise, surprise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we thank you guys for tuning in. We hope you tune in next time. Again, this is Podcast 333, The Positive Electric. This concludes episode one of Podcast 333, The Positive Electric. Thank you, Hector, for being our guest and sharing your story. This episode has been brought to you by our sheer will and by Intercorp Mortgage Solutions located in Doral, Florida. Thank you guys for sharing a quiet space for our first recording. Tune in next week and let us blow your mind with a brand new interview with another creative soul. Also, please visit our website at www.thepositiveelectric.com and send us a message. Let us know what you think of the podcast. You can also connect with us through Facebook at sign podcast 333 colon the positive electric and on instagram at sign the positive electric until next time <laughs>